You're listening to a podcast made the Johnsonville way. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Off the Clock, a podcast made the Johnsonville way. I am one of your hosts, Jeff Farrells, and with me I have... Krista Brazel. Krista, I always ask you how you're doing, but today I really don't really care, <laughs> no, I guess. I'm going to tell you anyway. <laughs> okay. I'm just kidding. So, uh, Krista, the weather has changed. Um, this episode will be released on January 1st, so if you're listening out there, uh, I hope you've had a good holiday week. I hope you're enjoying the friends and family that come along with everything i hope know. there's some snow on the ground though because we've got nothing right now i don't know if i i think th- i what i really wish is that it just snowed one day and then it just all went away for and christmas though yeah yeah, yeah. like two or three days cool right in that. there yeah the the part i hate is when it melts and then everything gets brown and gross yeah. and gray so but anyways i digress because we have another person in the room who'd probably oh, like do. to talk a little okay, bit okay yeah and who do we have joining with us today i'm andy kaiser how are you doing, Andy? I'm doing very well. Thank, thank you, you for joining us. I appreciate taking time out of the middle of your day. So hopefully that's probably a good thing. They'll break it up a little bit. It's kind of nice to get a little break. There you go. Right, right. Okay. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do here at Johnsville and give us your Johnsville story? So I'm a production coordinator for lines three and four over at Meadowside. And I started out at Riverside Formulation Third Shift oh, in okay. end of 2004. And then I spent eight months there. I went over to Countryside Shipping for two and a half years. Hmm. And I went to Meadowside Production Support on second shift. I was there for about six years. And then I moved, as, and then I went up to an assistant team lead over there. And then I went to Banner Creek as the production coordinator or kitchen coach, finished goods coach. Okay. And then I spent two years there, and I came back to Meadowside as the production coordinator. I've been in that role now for just over two years. So you've been here, you said, 13 years, is that right? Uh, it'll be 14, 14 by the end of December. Okay. And so you're probably one of the rare people um, at Johnsonville who've worked at more than just the three f- production facilities, but also down at Banner Creek there. So um, what do you think would be some of the biggest differences between the places? Like um, <sighs> anything that stands out to you? Um, so up here. We have global headquarters. That's a big plus. Sure. We have exercise. We have a lot of the old DNL team. Okay. A lot of other resources up here that the sister facilities don't have. Yeah. They're starting to get some more of that, but yeah, they're, for lack of a better term, they're on their own little island, having to do what they got to do with what they got. Yeah, that makes sense. It makes sense. So, w- did you go there on a temporary basis, or did you think you were going to be there for longer than two years? Um, I thought we were going to be there for longer than two years. We had. Um, a family thing come up, and then we decided to move back here, and that's what we did. Okay. Kind of nice, though. That's kind of the Johnsonville family. You were able to just come back home and and get another job here. So yeah, I was able. I was very fortunate for Johnsonville to move us down there and move us back. Sure. Um, it just was kind of in the nick of time. So when I was in production support for Metal Side, 
being an assistant team lead, I was also doing military duty and going to school oh, wow. for my bachelor's degree. Okay. So I was almost done with my bachelor's, and I just got out of the military by like a month before we moved down there. So it was nice to be able to focus a on something. A lot going on. Yeah, yeah, a lot going on. <laughs> so then it was a few months after I moved down there. I think it was five, eight months. Then I was done with my school, and then I was able to focus on being the person I wanted to be. Okay. So it was pretty, pretty nice to do that. Are you on any teams? Um, <coughs> I'm on a whole bunch of different teams, and leading a lot of different teams. <laughs> like what? Yes, we have the um production or productivity pipeline summit team okay facilitated sure. that one on the power teams that we have oh yeah i uh, just led the rework reduction sprint team that we had at metal side and the same day rework usage team i'm on part of that one that we we're just finishing up to mm. so right now in the overall big one it's the path to profitability for our grilled for you product okay sure well, I suppose being being in the role you are, you have to lead a lot of different teams. But it's nice that you probably get to work with a lot of different people too. Yeah, it's pretty awesome because, uh, like on our member survey, we want to get others involved, right? Mm -hmm. That's one of the big things. So this is like my opportunity, and Johnsonville's opportunity to get a bunch of people involved and have the members make stuff happen. Which we have a lot of different teams going on, especially with line with the startup of Line Four. So there's a lot, a lot of members involved in decisions that are being made every day. So it's pretty awesome. That's really cool. And your brother, Perry, works at the tech center, right? Yeah, but he works in R&D. So is there any crossover? Do you get to work with him at all on uh, any projects? He's usually on the coax. I usually get to work with his coworkers over there, okay. like Aaron Blakely and sure. Randy Glenn. And then your son used to work here at Countryside, now works at Meadowside with you too, though, right? Or in the facility? Yep, he works. I uh, was at Countryside, and then he moved over to Line 4 Sanitation on third shift. So he's been there for close to a year. You guys are starting like a little mini Zorn clan, right? <laughs> You're trying to catch up. I mean, it's going to be a while, but. Yeah, you got some work to do. Yeah. Three people, that's, that's quite a bit. Yeah. Concentrating our forces and make stuff happen. Andy, we talked about your family working quite a bit here at Johnsville, but your off-the-clock story involves your family as well. So uh, tell us a little bit about what you and your family have kind of gotten themselves into. So when we were down to Kansas, we thought it would be cool to have some chickens to get some fresh eggs and things like that. <coughs> so we went to the store and we picked up nine chickens, or ten. One of them had to be a rooster, and then the other nine were hens. Okay. So we built them a little coop and stuff, and then years passed because we just first got them when we moved down there and we wanted to bring them back with us so we put them in the back of a trailer and oh, wow. brought them back with us and boarded them at one of our friends house until we had a house and could be able to get them back and build a nice coop for them so obviously your family had a little bit of an attachment to these animals <laughs> then that you wouldn't just did you name them? <laughs> yes. Of course. Oh <laughs> did you personally name them or I didn't I did not. I have okay. I have two daughters and so they put um like colored cable ties on their legs oh. as little collars and okay. Yeah, then they named every single one and of them. And how old are your daughters then? Uh right now they are twelve. She'll be thirteen in January and then I have a fifteen year old. Okay. Right. So the rooster part, that's all you don't need a rooster to have hen producing eggs, but if you want 
to produce more, it, like if you want the eggs to produce chickens, you need the rooster, right? Yes. Okay. So that's what you guys wanted was to multiply the the flock. Is that what they're called? <laughs> multiply the flock. <laughs> like a biblical term. <laughs> well, at first it was kind of that way, but then, or it wasn't that way. And then after a while, we had a lot of people trying to buy eggs and stuff like that. And we're like, well, you meet customer demand, right? And we have to increase our supply. Sure. So then we ended up incubating some eggs. And that was a cool process. And then the girls ended up naming all those chickens, too. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, oh, we should get some ducks. Ducks oh, are no, cool. we have ducks now. <laughs> all right. And then so we bought some ducks, and we had four of them initially. And they grew into like thirty ducks at wow. one point. Oh my god! Do they just stay? Like they just know that your land is home. I mean, ducks are a little different than chickens. Sure. You clip the chickens' wings, right? So they don't yeah. fly away. Okay. And they know where they got a good too, but yeah, true. Yeah, I built these guys a forty by eighty foot. Oh like my gosh! So wow. It's like six foot panel walls. Yeah. So I put a lot of time and investment you into got these a things. Houses, what you're <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, they got more square feet in their house than I do in mine. Yeah, so it's like a mortgage for the ducks. They have yeah. names, so they have to yeah. you know yeah, live family. in luxury. So, well, do you have a lot of land? Uh, I've got an acre and three quarters. Yeah, right so you now. don't really need a ton of land. No, no. Um, it's like a giant water? shed size. I feel like ducks always want to be by water. Yeah, we have like baby pools and stuff in there okay. for them, and we bought a uh, 275 gallon like. In the ground pond. Oh, okay, sure. Which is interesting because we try to put a drain on the bottom of it too, so we could drain it out whenever it gets all nasty. But oh, did it work or what? Uh, it it works when it wants to. <laughs> the ducks do have fun in there, but they get it dirty. Yeah, like within the first hour, it's, um, it's muddy again. That's all right. So let's go back. Okay. So initially, you got these thinking you were gonna do eggs or for the chicken. Um, it was just for, for a hobby for, for giggles. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then when people hear about you have these and they want eggs from you. Yeah. Cause we, so then use you that way. We were starting to get more eggs than what we. Sure. Yeah. And people okay. were giving us chickens and yeah. Okay. My daughters are big animal fans and they don't want anything to die. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you're running a chicken hospice at this point. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, whenever there's rescue animals and it's like, daddy. Oh, have? no. <laughs> So you can't kill it because it's got a name. No, <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> so do you? So you've got chickens, you've got ducks. Have you got a whole bunch of other animals then too now? Is got a whole bunch of feral cats kind of thing. <laughs> no, I don't have feral cats. I have eight cats in the house and eight, a dog. Eight? Yeah, eight cats eight. and a dog. Yeah. Oh so my. my wife brought home a stray, uh, like a rescue one, and she happened to be pregnant. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 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 shaking with fear of so the situation. <laughs> so we were able to get. So when we were in Kansas too. We rescued two kittens because they were by her car, okay. and somebody was just gonna leave them there, or shoot them, or whatever they were gonna do. Okay. And then so we brought them home, rescued them, and then we brought home the stray one. Okay. And so we were able to adopt her out plus two of her kittens, but we still have four of her kittens left. Gotcha. And then my mother-in-law moved in, and she has two cats. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my gosh. That's You're crazy. like a running a 
hotel for <laughs> animals over here. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. I wish they would pay room for it. offset the cost. Selling those bit. eggs. Yeah. yeah. So did you sell the duck eggs too? Is that a thing? Do we we do. Duck eggs? Okay. I've never had a duck egg. but Is that like a, uh, like a delicacy or specialty for some people? Or is it just like a normal egg that people eat? Or how does that work? Um, for some people, they have allergies to chicken eggs. Oh, okay. So it's like an alternative okay. to them. That's interesting. And there's not a whole lot of people that have that allergy, but yeah. Do they taste pretty similar? Yeah. Um, I like duck eggs bigger, better okay. than oh really? Eggs, yeah. Are they about the same size? Same no, color they're and all they're that? bigger. Okay. They're That's what I was picturing. A little they're bigger. they're almost like one and a half times bigger to two sure. times bigger. They have a like a brown or white shell or a green shell. Or uh, ours are white. White. Okay. And how does that work? What's I've always kind of wondered. What's the difference between the egg shell covers? Nothing. Yeah, nothing. It's the so color the of the beak, right? Is it the color of the beak of the chicken? Different chickens no. produce different egg colors. And why? And there's no difference. Uh, tell me why. Them. Tell me why. If there's something about I someone told me who raised. I thought it was the color of the beak or something. That what some color? Like some an enzyme or protein or right? It something weird. They're or? exactly the same. Yeah, some are spotted. Some are white. Some are okay. It's Brown. just the breed. So the same yeah. chicken could do different color eggs then? No. No. Okay. <laughs> I'm asking questions. Different breeds of chicken, different colored eggs. Okay. All right. All yeah. taste the same. Kind of like there's brown. People like the fancier looking eggs, though, so it's they'll pay more for It's kind of like, like the brown cows produce chocolate milk, right? Is that <laughs> 100%. <laughs> yes. This is a fact told to me by my son. Where does strawberry <laughs> milk come from? California. <laughs> um. All right, so so right now we're just with chickens, ducks, a couple cats, uh, more than a couple, I should say, and a dog, right? And a dog, yeah. Okay, all right, and so, um, because it sounds to me like you're you're on the verge here of hobby farm, pretty much, yeah. Okay, all right. Goats so, are next. Yeah. Sure. Uh, goats. Well, they threw that out there, and I'm like, no, explicit, <laughs> explicit, 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 so explicitly, no. Okay. <laughs> But I, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, cost and time involved with a lot of these things, so it's not like you can just willy nilly say okay to these things. Right? You have to have a plan. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So are you keeping all the ducks as pets too, or is anybody having duck for Christmas? <laughs> 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 are your children listening to this podcast? <laughs> when we did when we did raise the chicks, it takes them a few months before you can tell what the sex are. Okay. You can tell what the sex of it is. Kind of when they're little chicks, you can flip them around and figure out what the sex is. Sure, sure. <laughs> There's a technique to it, but we all, yep, yep. Yeah, but when they get older, then you can start seeing they have a curly tail, and oh. some of them chatter more than other ones. You can tell them between females and males. All right. So like the males, they don't do anything besides eat. So those are the ones, the drakes that I process usually harvest. Yeah. Harvest. Ooh, good, harvest. Good yeah. name. Good name. <laughs> um, and so your your kids are all okay with that then. Or they don't know anything. <laughs> uh, no, they're not okay with it. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. So I got to do that by myself, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Do they name the ducks, too? There's too many to name, right? Um, did you say you have, like, 20 or 30? 30 chickens. I, d- I did. I had, like, 30 of each. We had 78 at one point between different things. Because, yeah, my daughter did a project, too, with those broilers, the big, fat, white ones that we buy in the stores. Okay. Mm-hmm. We raised 25 of those at one point, too, for okay. a project. Okay. And do you sell them all, then? Uh, we sold most of them. Okay. Was it through, like, 4-H or through school? Or no, she just wanted to try it for a different project. Okay, and okay. Just kind of a way for her to earn a little bit of money. Okay. That's really cool. And so, I mean, how much do your daughters really take ownership of a lot of this stuff? Then? I mean, is it their kind of... You're smiling a little <laughs> I bit. I know, that smile says <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean... 
Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where the kid always wants something, and then the parents end up, you know, doing a lot of the work. But it sounds like your daughters are really involved with the process, <laughs> up to a point. Yeah, so girls, if you are listening, <laughs> <laughs> they do take ownership of, of like feeding them. But sure. it's like a constant reminder to go feed them, and hey, if they go hungry, how would you feel if you went hungry? Type of thing, you know, sure. teaching them responsibility and things like that. But it is a process, then, so at least they're, I mean, they're they're getting something out of it. Yeah. And how does your wife feel about it? Is she on the daughter's side or is she more on your side with a lot of the stuff as far as it being a little overwhelming, we'll say? Um, she gets frustrated with the girls when they don't go feed them. Okay. So it's kind of like, well, then we're going to cut down the flock to a manageable level sure. where we can take care of it and kind of have the girls in there. But okay. she, she loves the ducks. She likes listening to the ducks. Oh. Because she'll tell a joke, and then you can hear her in the background, quack, 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 quack. <laughs> and it sounds like they're laughing. It's that pretty funny. <laughs> that is pretty funny. So have you guys become, like, sort of master chefs when it comes to chicken and duck? I mean, I feel like you eat no. a lot of recipes. I, I don't know. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. No? No. I've harvested quite a few of them, ate a few, but. Mostly sell them. Mostly sell them, yeah. Or yeah, giving away for Christmas or something mm-hmm. for the I know. I know as a, as a member here at Countryside that. They go to like um, fairs and stuff like that, and they go and they buy s- different kinds of chickens and and roosters and stuff for different breeds and all that type. And like they're, it's almost like a collection where you go, oh, I have one of these and one of these. And so, do you go to events like that and then try to sell the the chickens or anything like that, or is it is just kind of a personal thing? I guess. Yeah, we don't go to any of that stuff. We like yeah. the Rhode Island Reds personally, and okay. then we had some Jersey Giants that we had. From one of our friends that boarded our chickens, he collects a bunch of chickens like that. Yep. But yeah, we don't get into that. And why do you like the ones that you have now? Does uh, make them different temperament, or yeah, the temperament, and they're like a dual breed, so they're part meat, part egg laying. Oh, okay. So they lay like 280 eggs a year, and then they're pretty oh, beefy. That's a lot. That is a yeah. lot. That's actually. a lot. That's like what, five a, five a week. Chicken yeah, so like my ducks are 180, so they slow down during the winter time, but. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, they're kind of like a dual-purpose bird. Okay. So if you've got, if you got like, let's say five eggs a week from all of these chickens, and you said even if you have thirty, that's like a hundred and fifty eggs a week. That's a lot of eggs. Yeah, that is a lot of eggs. That's <laughs> like a lot. I wasn't putting the math together. I'm like, oh my god, that's a lot of eggs. Yeah. So when we went to um, when we still lived in Kansas and we had the nine hens, mm-hmm. it was it was fine. We were able to keep up with the eggs and stuff like that. And then when we moved back and we had our flock was bigger, we we're like, yeah, we need to do something with these <laughs> eggs. Sure. So we started selling them, reaching out to people, and they're like, oh yeah, I'll try them. And then yeah. eventually the demand got big, and then so we had a bigger flock. And then it's like something that I didn't want to manage on the side. <laughs> yeah. But then I'm trying to sell eggs all the time and reminding people, hey, you want some eggs? And yeah, it yeah, just yeah. got to be too much. Now we kind of stopped selling eggs and downsized the flock for winter time. And okay. there's some other hobby farms too that wanted some ducks, so I gave them. Some of the ducks that really didn't care about it anymore. That were unnamed? (laughs) (laughs) Unnamed ones, yeah. (laughs) So they could go put with their flock and their kids can enjoy them and name them whatever they want. That's cool. So I have a technical question about eggs. I just read in an article that eggs, when they're not hatched, but produced, (laughs) I guess, laid, they have what's called a cuticle, which is the outer layer. And if you don't wash that, they're good just sitting on your kitchen counter for like, 20 weeks or something mm-hmm. like that and that most americans uh, that 
freaks them out to no end, so they have to wash them and put them in the fridge, and then they only last a couple of weeks. Yeah. So what do you guys do? Well, like culturally, yeah, we're used to buying them from the store and stuff, right? So we're not used to <coughs> if you just wa- rinse them off with vinegar that they'll stay there forever. That we we weren't washing them, but then like the ducks, they just lay their eggs wherever they don't have a nest, so they're laying them in mud and oh, and, poop and everything <laughs> else <laughs> yeah. like that, right? So it's like can't just put it in there because it starts to stink and then so we do wash them off but then we try to sell them as soon as possible the duck eggs the duck yeah. eggs yeah okay. interesting so do the ducks have personalities like the chickens do um they do yeah yeah it's pretty interesting because i've heard that chickens make really good pets because they're you know kind of friendly no no Seth is saying no <laughs> no pets <laughs> no pets at all zero <laughs> you have a cat I do not have anything. My wife has two cats. <laughs> Clarify <laughs> for everybody listening. He cuddles with them. So no, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. I am actually very allergic to the cats. I'm allergic to everything. Yeah. I am too, but it doesn't stop me. I'm <laughs> dog and a cat. <laughs> it stops me every day. But yeah, we have a rooster named Sam. So he's been, he's like four or five years old now. Four years old. But he has been like our primary rooster. We've had other roosters that they use just as like little side pets. Okay. But he's the one that protects the flock. And right now he must have gotten into a fight with another rooster, but he's only got one eye oh. right now. But one eyed Sam. One eyed Sam. Right now, <laughs> is it gonna grow back? I don't. I don't know. It's not. It's <laughs> been two years. You should <laughs> yeah. make him a little patch. Yeah. Awesome. That would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> Pirate Sam. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, he's been two years without an eye, and he's pretty feisty yet wow <laughs> so the dog likes to mess with him and going on his offside <laughs> <and> i can't <laughs> see <laughs> smart dog yeah yeah it is a smart dog and what kind of dog do you have uh we've got a golden retriever husky mix oh okay so she's about 50 pounds she's like a cream color kind of like the walls but <laughs> she's got <laughs> a tail like a husky sure like she's a just waiting for the snow too mm-hmm. just love the snow yeah she loves the snow you just want to live in it all year round all i can think of is all the hair I don't think they shed, do they? Yeah. Do yeah. they? I have a Same with the a cats that I have in the house. Yeah. yeah. They're just living in like a coating of. You have like a lint roller in every room. Yeah. <laughs> I like carry one with me at all times. Sometimes I feel like I don't need a winter coat. I can just <laughs> shove all their hair in there. <laughs> you should make like fur coats. <laughs> Ooh, another side hustle. No, you don't no. Have to tell I'm sorry. Cat I, hair. I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> like you can just comb her out and you have like another dog. Like you just cloned another dog. <laughs> <laughs> like everything I hate right there. <laughs> so is there any other, any other animals though that you do want to get? I mean, are you just you're maxed out? I'm I'm maxed uh, out. Okay, because I didn't know like sometimes like people are like, oh, it's really cool to get like a... I have eight cats, but what I'd really like is a blank. <laughs> I was thinking like a, you know, like a... Um, a tired eatable. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. So you might mean. have to delete this. So mean. No, keep that in there. <laughs> Tiger. Um, no, I was thinking like a like a parakeet or like a bird or something. Low maintenance, but another animal. I don't know. They're messy. Birds are messy. I thought, thought about a fainting goat because they're really funny oh, to yeah. chase around and just yeah. watch them tip over. Yeah. And then my girls want a horse too, and that's not See, that's happening. That's different. The, the horse is huge. A goat could be a companion animal for the horse, though. I know mules don't do let that, your daughter that, right? listen to mules? this. Like they're, okay. they're like protectors too. Yeah. I know my cousin has a mule. She's got a har- hobby farm, like a rescue hobby farm. So like she takes in all these animals. She's got like forty feral cats running around the the area or whatever. And she's like she's a real like um, advocate for 
pets and all that okay. stuff. So she's always posting Good. like, I th- this animal needs to be rescued, whatever. And I think when it gets down to it, she'd rather take it than have something bad happen mm-hmm. to it kind of thing. So I'll be honest, if I could do that, I probably would. And thankfully, there are people <laughs> out there like you. <laughs> so go ahead. I live out in the kettle, so I might be able to find a raccoon or a possum <laughs> or a skunk <laughs> that you might want. The raccoons are cute with their little mm. burglar yeah. masks and their little opposable thumbs. Baby fox or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Totally wreck your house. Yeah. Totally <laughs> wreck your chicken coop. Yeah. yeah oh, that's coop. true. Oh, my God. We are being attacked. <laughs> that actually scared me. It's so... <laughs> Do you have problems with predators in, in your area as with your chicken coops? And Hence your the six-foot wall. Yes, you do. Walls. So I, I built a six-foot wall thinking that it's going to keep out everything except for they hawks and stuff. They dig under, though, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, I didn't really think that through when I had wood. It's like raccoons climb trees. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> they climb wood panels. Oh, no. So, yeah, I've had a few of them get in there. coyotes in the kettles or no? No, I haven't seen any oh. yet. Just fox, though? Some fox. Okay. Yeah. So how many – So how does it happen quite often then? You you will call it lose one? Not anymore. Okay. <laughs> so what have you done now? Is there booby traps? <laughs> is there like a wire mesh over the top or something? Or um, well, we moved them into uh, like a winter coop. Okay. That's sure. got like a roof on it too. It's not as high and just has a, okay. a roof on it. Okay. I don't want to deal with any predators in the winter time. That makes sense because they're probably more feisty too than predators. Yeah. Lack of food and whatnot. Okay. Because yeah, last winter we lost quite a few of them due to oh, raccoons really? and stuff. Okay. That's too bad. Yep. I think no raccoons would eat a chicken. Yeah, they're not very nice when they eat it either. Hmm. Oh, we'll <laughs> leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. Interesting. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know that that's a big problem, and you spend a lot of time just protecting them or keeping them, mm-hmm. building them p- gates and all that other stuff. So. Yeah, there's a lot of money in those chickens, and to have a raccoon come in there and wreck a bunch of them. That right. Kind of like your investment, just keeps them safe. Yeah. Then you have to deal with the psychological trauma that your daughters are yeah. going through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, yeah, don't go down there today. Honey. Yeah, <laughs> I just give you a little. Th- what's the bucket of water for? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we did a a, pr- a project for my daughter where she raised twenty five um, broiler chickens <coughs> so she could sell them, and she's probably like the most animal advocate out there. Sure. So I. One of the expectations was, hey, honey, we're going to have to harvest all 25 of these. Oh, so you harvest them and then sold them? So you didn't sell them and then? Yeah. Let, okay, all right. <coughs> so, was, yeah, we did a little bit of split of both. Okay, sure. So it was kind of an uh, interesting thing. She fed them and everything. She owned, like, all that. Like, so it was awesome. She fed them, watered them every single day and nice. made them her own. She didn't name any because she knew they were, had to go bye-bye. But Sure. She wasn't very happy with me when they had to go bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> and so this is the twelve year old or, or the uh, fifteen. 15. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. Okay, so did she harvest them with you? I guess is what I was kind of getting at. Um, she did to a point. So she's got like two hundred bucks put into these birds. Sure. From all the feeders and things, so it was like eight dollars a bird. Okay. But uh, yeah, she didn't want to do any of the harvest part. Okay. She wouldn't. I mean, I would have to yeah like remove the head, and she was able to do everything else. Okay, you all right. Just couldn't like look at it in the well, eye. Well, that, that's that's still pretty yeah. good. I mean, <laughs> for the ten seconds she couldn't help out, but the the rest yeah. of it she was okay with. That is the hard part, though. Yeah. Do you use the cone? Do you put them in the cone and yes, the old slit of the throat? You yes. Okay. So <laughs> so that was one of those things that I learned on how to do like how could you do it humanely? Because mm-hmm. instead okay, of trying sure. to trying to do this by yourself, right? Trying yeah. to put a noose around their neck and cross the log, that just 
Well, that's me watching them yeah. do their thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah, the then I looked on YouTube and stuff and figure out how they do it. But yeah, they use a killing cone on there and they put them in there and it's takes like no time at all to do it. Okay. And it's just one little slit, slit right below the beak on the jawline and mm-hmm. pretty humane then. Pretty humane, yeah. Hmm. Puts them right in the shock right away. So I, I know a lot of people also try to sell or buy on like Craigslist or something like that. Is that how you guys do that too? Is that how you try to sell them or is it mostly through word of mouth? Yeah, we put the, I made like a little advertisement thing and I put it up in the break room oh, okay. at Metal Side and got some hits on that one. And then my wife put it on Facebook and we had some people come from Sheboygan and such to buy okay. some chickens. Mm-hmm. And then we had um, one of the other interesting things we had <coughs> was one of the ladies was making it for supper time and she came across from like a green green on the chicken breast. Huh. So we did research in there just kind of like what Johnsville would do, right? Oh, okay. So we d- dug into it, figured out what the root cause, but I guess they can get a green muscle disease because they grow so big that they like, when they flap their wings, they cut the blood circulation off to their muscles huh. and they can do it to themselves. So here, really, we were looking on YouTube and how they put them in small pens so they can't really do anything. And we're like, well, that's not humane, right? (laughs) So we give them this big 40 by 80 foot area to go run around in. And here to come to find out, they were actually probably hurting themselves by flapping around and running around so much. Interesting. Hmm. It could be a happy medium then, right? So of the 30 she had then, or 25, only one of them had the green then? Yeah, that we found that did. Okay. That's pretty good then. Yeah, so what we did is... We just brought her another bird. Well, okay. she took a live one and was did her thing, so we just took her another one. And sure. It is what it is. Yeah. Customer service, it's I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's not right. like, yeah. and yeah. she had to understand that you didn't intentionally do that. Right. So. <laughs> so, yeah, we showed her, like, on my phone, we looked it up, and I showed her what it was, that it was safe, and it's, okay. you know, nothing that we did or you did or whatever that. And then we just gave her a free bird, too. It's interesting, because... Like you start these hobbies and kind of everybody we've also talked to and they start it and you have no idea all these little things and then they pop up and you got to deal with it or, you know, change what you're doing. And it's kind of a constant learning process. So, I mean, from the start to finish or till now, I guess it's not really finished, but what's one of the been one of the biggest learnings or or, um, aha moments? Um, Probably how fast those things actually grow. Okay. Because they won't like have hardly any feathers on them when they are growing, and they grow really, really fast. So, like in the six weeks, we probably should have harvested them versus the eight to twelve weeks that I did harvest them in. Six oh. weeks it goes from yeah, like wow. catch to harvest. So we were collecting data on like how much they weigh per week, and they're about in the five pound range already in six weeks. Wow. Okay. So like wow. Five to six pounds. Yeah. yeah okay. Really fast. And so that's what the suggested is to harvest them every six weeks then. Um, I don't know if it's suggested, but okay. when I did harvest them, I had some eight pound and ten pound birds that I couldn't even fit in a freezer bag. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so I had to figure that out, which is one we cooked up for supper, which was yeah. absolutely delicious. But yeah, we're having this one. Dif- I can't get it in the freezer. We gotta <laughs> yeah. make it. We, we gotta make it. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not gonna go to waste, so we gotta yeah. make it. Do you think the quality of the meat is any different the bigger it gets, or does that not make mm. a difference? I don't think so. Okay. It all tasted the same to me. Yeah. I think it tasted better than what the store one. That's what, that's what oh, I was abso- going to ask I would you. think, yeah. yeah. yeah it was th- delicious. The eggs probably taste better, too. Yeah. yeah. That's what I've always Well, thought. I think everybody's become really conscious about where their food is coming from, and I bet if you really wanted to, you could make a pretty penny doing this, you know? 
do you do you plan on expanding anymore like as you move through this or um like my wife and i always talk about being more self-sufficient so maybe raising chickens for our own but then just yeah. figuring out how many how much chicken we actually do eat yeah mm-hmm. and then get a big chest freezer yeah. <laughs> yeah so then figuring out too how do we not just have these full birds in the freezer how do we quarter oh. them up and all oh, that sure. other stuff and mm-hmm. make them grillable mm-hmm. and then uh yeah just kind of how we're gonna do it next time okay. not wait so long and just have a good plan in place first that seems to be a lo- uh, one of the things I know we've talked to quite a few people about having, you know, it starts off as a hobby and then it's like, well, this is just a good option for us and then to to use it to help themselves and, and not cost as much money because you are putting a lot of money into right. it and um, it becomes a bigger, better thing as you get farther along in it. So, so d- how do you still have a lot of your original like egg laying hens? Do you? Uh, we have like five of our original hens left and our rooster okay and then the rest of them are kind of given to us or we raised or hatched out okay but yeah i think we still have five of the original ones okay so how often do you how do you or how do you choose i guess which the eggs that are hatched that get used for consumption versus that you would raise then for for consumption as a chicken i guess rather than an egg we had in our little incubator we get from fleet farm for a 100 bucks whatever okay. we put in it was like half filled we had eight so we were getting like a 50 percent hatch rate so we okay. had eight eight of them that did hatch and out of those eight we had four roosters so the hens grew up and the roosters grew up at the same time but then they started getting feisty like teenagers yeah and started fighting all the time so then we separated them and those ended up being for consumption. Sure, <laughs> sure. Because they don't produce eggs. They're just kind of. need yeah. one, right? Yeah, yeah, they're just eating all of your food and just gotcha. kind of wasting your money. Mm-hmm. Getting in fights. Yeah, getting in fights. Yeah. Poking out more <laughs> they eyes. They basically are like. a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> eating all your food. So, how often things. do you do that then? You incubate eggs. Like, kind of when you realize your one batch or whatever is kind of getting up in age, you just get a new batch of them in there, a new generation? Um, That's what we were doing. So, we did it like in the springtime. <coughs> We were renting when we first came back. <coughs> Excuse me. We were renting when we first came back, and then so we incubated while we were still in the apartment. I ain't never sure. gonna know. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then by the time we bought our house and stuff, they were, I don't know, like a month old maybe. Okay. And then so they were able to be outside and things, and it was just beginning to be summertime at so that. So it worked point. out perfectly. Yeah. Essentially at that point. We just timed it right. Perfect. And then, yeah, we know that our other chickens are getting old, so we have some younger ones in there. Okay. It just kind of depends on what type of mix that we get. And they produce less eggs, too, the older they get, I would think. Yeah, they okay. start slowing down a little bit. But how many years do you get worth of chicken or egg laying out of a chicken, I guess? Um, in the various research we've done, it was like from anywhere from two years to like eight years. Oh, that's a big gap. What's the lifespan, then, of a chicken? Uh, like, they can go any from like 10 to... 15 something like really? that really it's almost like a dog wow yeah okay. same with a duck <laughs> ducks are that long too and yeah. it's like crap mm. i have all these pets I yeah, yeah. Go <laughs> <for> like <laughs> 10 years i can't can you snip off the little thing and put it on a different one <laughs> well they know <laughs> probably yeah because they <laughs> act a little different yeah they have personalities no no, gotcha. yeah. no they're all the same they all Delicious. taste the same <laughs> 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 Yeah, it's been pretty fun. I think my daughter made all of her money back, and oh, yeah. like another two hundred bucks, something like that, off the project. Oh wow! 
So yeah, she like doubled her money in there. She's obviously excited about that. Yeah, she she took that, but she went. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the harvesting part she wasn't too thrilled with. Oh. You think yeah. she'll want to do that again then next year? Um, I don't think so because she knows what it means now. Mm. That she didn't quite grasp it until it was about to happen, kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Then when it fully set in, and now she knows what it means when it's no honey, they have to be harvested. <laughs> now she knows what that means. Yeah. <laughs> that they're all gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> So, if I was to take them to a uh, butcher, because mm-hmm. they could do it, that would have added like another 3 or $4 per bird. Okay. But we did it all by ourselves. Because by the time I called, that was another big aha. Because like, no, when you get your chicks in, then we set up an appointment for six to eight weeks out. So, I called them kind of like right at that six-week mark. Okay. And then I'm like, crap, now what am I going to do with these things? <laughs> <laughs> Those are just every couple days, harvest a few of them when I had some time. And how how difficult is it um, to pluck all the feathers out? I've always thought that that would be the worst part. Because, like, you know, time-consuming, I guess, I've always thought. That so, th- so these chickens were pretty easy. You just put them in hot water. I don't know if you guys ever went through that process. No, so you, no. like, put them in 180-degree water. Okay. And then the feathers you can pluck out pretty easily. It's the ducks that are the pain. Okay. You, like got to scald them and rip out some of their top feathers because they're so thick. I suppose they're made to be in water. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so you got to like take off all the top ones and pluck all those. And then I tried doing it in hot water and plucking off the rest, and it was like nearly impossible to do. So I skinned a couple of them. Okay. And then a lot of people like to skin on for cooking and stuff. Sure. So I had to figure out that. So another big aha for me, too, was use um, the paraffin wax. You melt some wax into like a something that you roast the chicken in or deep fry chicken in, and you melt some of that wax in there and you dunk them in there and then you put them in cold water, and they just come out like a big wax block and you can just peel it right off. Wow. Oh, okay. Takes all the pin feathers and everything right out. Nice. So yeah, it was that is a lot, a lot yeah. easier. So has YouTube been your friend through like this whole process? Yes, <laughs> learned a lot of stuff from YouTube. Yeah, uh-huh. it's pretty cool that it's there as a free resource for yeah. everybody. I've always thought that that would be the hardest part would be the the feathers, just constantly like plucking them all. But maybe for me it would easier. be killing the bird. <laughs> no, I don't think that would be a problem. No, I mean I'm sure the first one's like a little weird because you're you know because of what you're doing. But I mean in the end of you're you're doing what I don't know how to say it without sounding really insensitive. <laughs> the circle of life. Yeah, yeah, but it that's is. The, you have an intention for it. You're going yes. to use it. Yeah. You treated it well. You're humanely. doing it humanely. Yeah. yeah, I mean that. It's better than what you're buying at the store yeah, or KFC. Yeah. So, yeah, after, or not after, but before I harvested any bird, too, I always thanked them for their life and oh. providing food for the family. And sure. same if I go deer hunting, too, or any other animal that I might harvest, that mm-hmm. just give them a little prayer for reverence and yeah. thank them for it. Mm-hmm. That's so awesome because, I mean, that uh, they are literally giving their life. And I think that that's one of the cool things too with your daughter being your daughters being a part of it is just giving them that understanding of what really goes on when they eat something or whatever and maybe not the chicken that you did harvest but even the products that we make here at Donceville you know mm-hmm. like it, it is all it has to be done you know it, and you have to be thankful of wh- where it came from or, and to be conscious of that mm-hmm. so. yeah it was it was good to teach my girls that chicken just doesn't come from Walmart yeah mm-hmm. you know right. tell them hey, this is where it comes from this is the body part yeah mm-hmm. that even with the Johnsonville sausage hey these are pigs yeah mm-hmm. right 
when we were in Kansas, we had a lot of farmers too that we knew, so they were able to go feed them and socialize oh, with the really pigs cool. and stuff. Yeah, that's really cool. So they knew where our food comes from. Yeah. It was probably one of the best things that I got to teach the girls. I well, thank you very much, Andy, for coming on. That, I mean, I've been asking a lot of random questions. Hopefully, the listeners was <laughs> were able to follow along. They were all relevant. Yeah, they're <laughs> but it's all over the place. Um. Personally, I, I think it's great what you're doing. I think it's really cool. Um, I think that uh, I always like when we have people come on and it's like a family event that you know really brings people, sounds corny, but brings them together, gives them something to do, bonding, teaching them, all that kind of stuff. So um, thank you for that, and thank you for coming on, letting teaching the folks and us what, what really goes on with some of that. So Chris is good. She's got nothing else. <laughs> um as always, Andy, we have the guest uh, sign us off. If you'd like to read that there for us. Sure. This is Andy Kaiser, and you've been listening to another episode of Off the Clock, a podcast made the Johnsonville way. Perfect. Perfect.